like unlike Arthur most of the time where it's kind of just yeah. like dude come on please <laughs> nerd on what is everyone Welcome to Nerd on the Podcast You Didn't Need, but you, yes, you deserve mm-hmm. Wow, where all levels of nerd are welcome. Yeah, they are. If you served in the war to end all wars or lived in Birmingham in the early 1900s, the Shelby name is no stranger to you. Today's topic Ooh. comes from up on high. <laughs> Combined the powers of Netflix and the BBC. By orders of the Peaky Blinders. That's right. We are discussing the period crime drama Peaky Blinders today, and I could not be happier. But to get things things started, I am Corey. And I am Tom. I'm Caitlin. And I am Josh. And this episode is brought to you in power, in power, in plow. <laughs> Corey Powers. Brought to you in part by the members of the Nerd On Nation. That and Corey is powers. powered by Corey Powers. No, by Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> Technically, <laughs> I do run it. So this is true. It's, it's, this is very yeah, true. He's involved. Yeah. I am partly powering involved. that machine. Um, but <laughs> as a member of the Nerd On Nation, you do get fun perks. Like you do get bonus episodes. You get early access to all of our stuff Razor and blade things. Hats. Uh, no, no, not that. Sorry. Not that one. No, sorry. No. Different. That's a different club <laughs> you get access to private channels <laughs> Check out our merch. Our, <laughs> private channels in our discord server uh all sorts of really cool stuff but do check it out because it does help us to be the best that we can be and help us to grow especially in these crazy times where we're having to think on our feet all the time like what do we need how are we going to do it so it, it really does help to all have day, everybody's support um but yeah check that think out on our feet much like thomas shelby yes, yes. uh so check that out, nerdon.io backslash Patreon, and check out our Discord, nerdon.io backslash Discord. And, uh, yes? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh no, no, go ahead. I was, you finish. <laughs> uh, shout out to our partners, uh, Apogee, who have equipped us with these amazing mics, the hype mic, uh, allows Stand us here. to keep doing what we are doing and sound great while we're doing it. So I love that. And also Odyssey Headphones, very cool company to work with. Both companies are amazing to work with. These uh, smell and taste here, like butter. They taste like butter. You can quote us <laughs> They on that. taste like butter for your ears. Yes, for your ears. If your ears everyone, were mouths, these would taste like butter. But yeah. everyone at home, please don't lick things. <laughs> don't lick things. Yeah, not don't right now. No. Maybe later. No. Ew. Ew. Have you ever yeah, accidentally tasted If you buy it, you Purell? can do whatever you want with it. We're not here to stop you. We don't encourage it, <laughs> but it is your money and you're right. You don't encourage but it. But that is the housekeeping on. I want to say, with a show. this is what I was going to say. It was so hard we, to pull the curtain back here. We, we're trying not to uh, cuss in the in the first bit of our show, and it was and so hard to say by order of the Peaky, Peaky Blinders. <laughs> oh my god! I was Peaky like, uh, fucking blinders. I know. I wonder yeah. if that counts. Fucking. Uh, no, totally if, if I, I, I over enunciate it, it totally counts. I think you're okay, kids. No. Like under yeah, and six, also. Making sure we do not have Ollie today in our digital uh, recording room. He's and dealing getting with that, family shit. Yeah, uh, family. Yeah, dealing with family no, stuff. He's not. That's right. That's, that's he's just not feeling well. We wish him a speedy recovery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. So getting our order of when we were going to talk that was hard. Um. But um. Actually, um. A little a little different because this is a concurrent show. When, by the time of this recording, so we're we're not going to rate it. Despite what yet. you saw on Patreon, thank you for all voting. That was. Uh, <gasps> oh no. 
That was me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We 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 the haven't rated so shows that show. are going on. Yeah. I, right. This is right. Right. I mean, There's this is our show. Seasons. We can always change that. Yeah. The, the next season is planned. Planned. planned, and there's gonna be a total seven, and then once seven is done, then I yeah. guess we'll go and rate the whole thing. I uh, uh, I'm bummed because it was supposed to be coming out uh, this, this fall, yeah. but it was because of COVID. It's been shut down. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Stephen so. and I wrote all the entire season by the end of last year, and they've done all the pre-production, which is great. Meaning when they and they built the sets and they did the costumes. Meaning when this is over, they can jump in. But we Get will not be doing running. it this year. Man, like yeah. I, I gotta I gotta jump in right now and say that I'm really glad to hear there are seven seasons because yeah. <laughs> when I was on like episode six, season five, I was only 20 minutes in. I was like, what's gonna happen? Is there more? <laughs> what's going on? Are there? there tell be me right more. now. There better be more. Well, I mean, and when honestly, I saw season six uh, postponed due to uh, due to coronavirus, I was like, "Okay." okay I mean, and that's, that's like, not thank God, but thank God. The, not, I mean, not thank God, but thank God. In, in the history of Nerd On, too, we have now talked a show that has completed itself, mm-hmm. and it was at an abrupt ending um, because they had no pain. they had no idea that they were going to end that soon. But once they yeah. realized there's no source material, whereas Stephen Knight, he's like, "Hey, we're going to." end it at this point it's nice to know that the showrunner has an idea of exactly what they want yeah to, to save like, spoilers he has said he knows what the last scene of the show he wants it to be based yeah. around which is pretty cool man yeah. so um, he has a it's nice to have a writer who has a definitive endpoint in sight and knows what he wants to do yeah so we are going lost. to um continue going to <laughs> oh spoiler God. free stuff and so we're going to forego guess that grump um we're not going to read at the end but now we are going to do our initial reactions and our first impressions. So we'll first talk about him. No, shut up. Impression. Walk, take a walk, uh, take a walk. How, with how, how we how we got into the sh- how we got introduced to the show, what our thoughts about watching during the show and all that stuff. So who would like to take the reins? I can go. Oh, okay. I was going to say, go ahead. Um, I mean, I remember when this came out, it wasn't a big to-do as it is now. Like, uh, now there's a lot more um, promotion and stuff like that, which I appreciate. But when it first came out, it was just kind of, it was almost slept on. And it was very, it was very slept on in terms of promotional-wise. And it was just kind of like, new show on Netflix. And um, I remember Bonnie and I, we were like, oh, let's try this. Let's just watch this and see what happens. And we were hooked. Hooked. Mm-hmm. Um, from the first, like right out of the gate, just everything about it, everything about it from the visuals, the acting, the script, the music, like everything. Oh. We were like, we Dude, are in this. And when new seasons Nick come, Cave, we're man. like, we, <laughs> it's one of us will be like, new episodes of Peaky Blinders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty Dude, much just yeah. like that. And we're like, uh, so it was fun to, I'd already watched everything and it was fun to watch it again. And so it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good show. It's a real treat. Yes. It's a good, it's a good show. Um, for oh. drama sake, Corey, you should go last. Um, okay. But uh, Caitlin, how about you go next? So normally anything that has to do with mafia, drugs, any of that kind of violence. stuff. Excess violence. Excess violence. Excessive violence is just not my bag. Um, and when I started watching this, it in a way reminded me of Breaking Bad, which I don't like. Oh, mm. that, to I me, don't like, like it. in another person's perspective, it reminded me of Breaking Bad. It's like, mm, go on. 
No. Yeah, you want to know why? That's two different tastes. Because you don't it, like baking bad. <laughs> well, too stressful. Well, I will say though, as I was watching, I got more and more engrossed. Mm-hmm. Like I watched the first few seasons, I was like, okay, I like this. And then I took a long pause and then I finished, I like zipped through three through five, seasons three through five. And the the conversation I've had uh, with one of my roommates was, I don't like Breaking Bad because it was purely his pride that made the whole story happen. Like mm-hmm. I already knew the you're, end you're from like the, the first You're watching the episode. anti-hero. Yeah. Yeah. Like he he had his out and he turned it down. This is the a story of people who don't have an out. Like they do at times, but they also know that it's like a bigger like it's, but it's they far come more from complicated. nothing. It so kinda, in their eyes, well, yeah. they, they don't have. But an out. usually, right? Usually, right. those outs mean you're letting someone else in the family down. Right. Yeah. So, so the stakes were much more realistic in a way that wasn't mm. just pride. Like it's involved for sure. But it's also well, fighting something much larger than that. So it was more, easier for me to care more. It's yeah. and this is such a fine line, but would you it's more ambition than pride, which are two very different yes. things. Yes. Well, and, yes. and also the world is not actively out to get Walter White at a certain point. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and right. there is points, like you say, there are points of entry where you can peace out, uh, or exit right. points. And then in here, the world is kind of constantly at a point where like Shelby's oh you know owe money or they owe a debt or they owe a death. <laughs> There's <laughs> always a yeah. bigger dog, but, right? Than exactly. Them. But they That's... also show that like big, like as as terrible as they are at times, the world is far more cruel. Like there's yeah. always someone so much worse, and usually in a higher position of power too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like the power dynamics that happen, it actually reminds me of a K drama a lot. Like the internal like palace uh, quarrels that happen, and that's kind of blown out into. And then the like, dad comes from overseas, and, and then all of a sudden, yeah. So it's like the family drama. Then it's all the extended family drama. You're like, oh, damn. right? So yeah, like damn. and and the way that they had so many different cultures going on too, with like you have the gypsies, you have the English, you have the Italians, you have you know you have so many things going on, and it. Everything just meshed together beautifully. So my initial reaction is, it took me a minute, but oh my god, I love the show. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> it, it's a, it's a. I'll go next I, uh, to that point. I think it is a really good like exhibition masterclass of like um, good gangster dramas because um, mm-hmm. it does take um, pieces from you know the greats and stuff like that, and then it uh, iterates on them and then adds to them in such a way. And so like Kaylin, you would probably be primed for the gangster crime drama stuff because that is it is the family stuff and then there's the other family stuff and then how that explores other family stuff um, when done well. well. If it's done bad, then it's done bad. Yeah. Um, so for me, in honesty, I think I had the exact opposite of everyone's probably going to say. Um, and I tried to watch this show several times before we like put it on the docket to watch the show and I couldn't get past the first episode. I was wow. just like, wow. in all honesty for me, it was just like I had watched um, – I started watching a little bit of Orange is the New Black and Stranger mm-hmm. Things and House of Cards, like the Netflix royalty shit, right? Like these are the ones that they, you know, don't sleep on, you know? And then so going to Peaky Blinders, like, oh, I, I like Killian Murphy. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Let's go put this on. I was like, I don't know what the fuck a Peaky Blinder is. And I put it on and I was like, oh, it's kind of boring. It's like slow. And in my mind, <laughs> it's because I got used to what mm-hmm. the other ones were just like, here's how fast it goes, and then um, when we were like, hey, we're going to do this episode, I was like, all right, I got to slap myself a little bit, you know, stop telling myself to be a little bitch. Stop and being then, such a little bitch, Tom. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then I started watching the show. And then so I'm like, let me, if I can't, if I, if the story hasn't grabbed me so far, let me grab onto the cinematography at least. And I was like, this is fucking real good. It's real fucking good. I was like, I like this fucking yeah. song. And I was like, all right, the opening is real fucking cool. All right, I don't know what this is going to be. And then, I was like, and then by the time I got into it, I was like, I'm on the fourth episode. I was like, all right, baby, let's see where this goes, baby. <laughs> and then like, and then for me, it was one through season three that I was like, fuck yeah, baby. And then season four, I was like, what are they going to do? Because typically for me, like I've watched a lot of TV hour-long drama shows now. Yeah. And by the third or fourth season, you're kind of like, now you're now thinking a little bit on your feet. Like season one to two to three is typically really well plotted out. And four is when you see what the showrunner is actually going to come up with. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so season four and season five were definitely the more like, I wonder where you're going to go. So there's much more intrigue versus just like pure like, I know where they're going. I know how they're going to get there. I want to mm-hmm. see how it fucking happens. And it's really, really cool. Um, so for me, uh, initial reaction for it, um, I really enjoyed watching it. And there uh, there were many nights where I was just talk, trying to like talk to people and be like, you watch that show yet? You watch the show? You watch the show, man? And they're like, no. I was like, That's how I felt for the last six years. <laughs> I was like, you should watch this show, man. It's pretty good. It's pretty, pretty good. Then I was like, think but think of like Breaking Bad, except like, you know, it's you know, there's no cable television thing that they can they have to run away from. So it's all the full thing and it's a little bit more like to me, it felt a little bit more like contained in itself. Like uh, we, we can do a Breaking Bad episode someday, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, we're, this is not the day. So Peaky Blinders, I was really, I was really, really um, happy to watch, and mm-hmm. uh, I will say, like, um, I'm really glad that Corey had campaigned for a year to put this on. So <laughs> lead the way, Corey. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Uh, like Tom said, I campaigned for you to. Buy- I came across this much like Josh, where it was just kind of on Netflix one day, and. Uh, my wife and I were like, well, let's, let's check this out. And I think we ended up watching almost the entirety of the first season, uh, in that sitting. Um, and, uh, Tom knows this and I believe we've talked about this on the, on the show before I, before this, I was a big fan of Killian Murphy. Uh, I loved 28 days later, uh, red eye shout out to my wife in that one, uh, Rich McAdams. Uh, but (laughs) this kind of took, and you know, and then of course Batman begins, uh, but this kind of took that that uh, love of this actor to a whole nother level. Um, probably playing, in in my humble opinion, one of the more complex characters we've ever seen on on television. Um, I love dark things like dark comedies, gritty uh, dramas, that kind of stuff. And uh, it's this kind of just hits every note of the things that I enjoy when it comes to TV shows and, and, uh, kind of even film production, the use of their music, uh, I think is just like replacing that. It's kind of like what I've said about, um, Knight's Tale, where they kind of replace what music would be in that world to give that emotion of what they would be feeling with contemporary music to make sure that we feel that same emotion and it's conveyed correctly. Um, I think every character in this show is celebrated by the writers. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, or writer, I think it's just Stephen Knight. Every uh, character has its day, has their day, yeah. like has their focus. Where you're like, all right, this is an Arthur focus, this is an Ada focus, kind of thing. Yeah, like, well, even within the same episodes, they're still completing their own, you know, arcs outside yeah. of that. Um, and I, I love the the big people they bring into the show as well. Uh, you know, one of the big draws for me not only was Killian Murphy, but Sam Neill seeing mm-hmm. seeing Dr. Alan Grant on that first season. Uh, poster when I first started watching it was that's, like oh shit oh, that was 
Yeah, yeah let's talk Traylon Graham. Baby. Uh, as, as wow. Detective, or Major, Major Campbell. <laughs> was, the whole time I was like, he looks so familiar. And getting to see him play a bad guy also was really, really cool. And getting um, to see him use, I mean, it's not his his dialect or his accent, but close, where it's like people, because everybody forgets that he has an accent, that it's yeah. like, it's and he so went too cool hard to, at first. to see that. Anyway. Yeah, he's he's from New Zealand, and him putting on sort of like an Irish uh, accent Irish. was was pretty, pretty cool. cool. Um, so, I mean, to, to kind of sum it all up, I, I ate this show up with... Uh, a serving of dessert as quick as I could. And I, I, I'm on board. Uh, I will say this. It's probably my favorite show I've ever watched. Um, so everyone with that, uh, we're going to go into our brief synopsis and then our production and the brief synopsis is still spoiler free. So, uh, if you just Google this, you can find it and, uh, you're going to hear me read it to you now at this point. <clears throat> Someone just play some Nick head. Okay. Um, so, um, <laughs> Britain is a mixture of despair and hedonism in 1919 in the aftermath of the Great War. Returning soldiers, newly minted revolutions, and criminal gangs are fighting for survival in a nation rocked by economic upheaval. One of the most powerful gangs of the time is the Peaky Blinders, run by the returning hero Thomas Shelby and his family. But Thomas has bigger ambitions than just running the streets. When a crate of guns go missing, he recognizes an opportunity to advance in the world because crime may pay, but legitimate business pays better. Trying to rid Britain of its crime inspector, Chester Campbell, who arrives from Belfast to try to achieve that goal. That's what you find. And so that's purely just that's everyone. season one. That's yeah. mainly season one. But um, a, uh, hilarity ensues. <laughs> so. Hilarity, yeah. violence, yeah. yes. hilarity, hilarity, explosions uh, ensue. Drama, Fantastic music. Co- uh, camaraderie ensues. <laughs> lots of cigarettes. Uh, look, lots when you got a show that David Bowie asks you to put his music on, yeah. you have something cool on your hands. Whoa. Um, uh, and so now we'll go into our production. Yes, the production. Uh, the studios that brought us this is BBC, who has also done Luther, Merlin, Sherlock, uh, Netflix, who did Stranger Things, Orange is the New Black, Altered Carbon. Uh, the showrunner is Stephen Knight, who did Redemption, Locke, who wants to be a millionaire. Uh, the writers, uh, Stephen Knight, uh, who did C, Christmas Carol, Burnt, Toby Finlay, uh, who did Dorian Gray, Ripper Street, oh, so good. The Serpent, Stephen Russell, who did Distant Shores, Shameless. Coronation, coronation, coronation. That's an easy word, you got Josh. It. Street. You got it. It's a, the cast, it's a weird time. <laughs> the cast I wonder what's is, on your head right now. <laughs> cast is Killian Murphy, who did Sunshine, 28 Days Later, Red Eye, Sam Neill, Jurassic Park, Hunt for the Wilder People, Event Horizon, <sighs> Helen McCrory, who did ben, Penny Dreadful, Harry Potter series, His Dark Materials, Paul Anderson, who did Hostiles, Midsummer Murders, Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows, Annabelle Wallace, who did Annabelle, mm. The Mummy, The Tudors, Sophie Rundle, and Inspector Calls, Jamestown Episodes, Adrian Brody, who did Predator, The Pianist, and Grand Budapest Hotel, Tom Hardy, This Means War, Capone, Lawless, it's Tom Hardy, Sam Chaplin, Tom Hardy. Uh, Me Before You, Snow White and the Huntsman, and Hunger Games. It's a good cast. It's a super good cast. So it's pretty good. And there's a cast. lot of big names that come in and out in small roles too, yeah. which is yeah. really amazing. Uh, the original release date was September 12th, 2013 to the present. Uh, as of right now, there are 30 episodes, seasons. There are five seasons. 
Runtime is about 55 to 65 minutes. The budget, 1.6 million pounds per episode. The Rotten Tomatoes score, uh, 92%. Uh, average tomato meter and 94% average audience score. So, uh, in fact, it was rated uh, this year. Critics and audience uh, were able to vote as the greatest TV show of the last decade. Oh, I would I'd recommend that's I read somebody say this is TV history in the making, which is yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So now we're out of spoiler free country and we're into spoiler full uh, burrows. Uh, yeah, let's go straight into it. Um, yeah, this is a really freaking a wonderfully made show. Just like, yes, it's if you don't care about the story at all, like just the masterfulness of making a show, like, and I'll say it like this, like, I think, um, in the modern, uh, popular massive zeitgeist of TV, a lot of people look at what Game of Thrones was and how it like, I think it lauded like what, $5 million per episode or something like that. And the last season was just like stupid expensive per episode. Um, like a billion. No. But it's crazy. <laughs> like like one Avenger per like per, a billion. No. Um but uh this I think show Lord I of the think, Rings holds that title. I think yeah, this right. show the new, um, the new show. Oh the show, yeah. The yeah. new uh Lord of the Rings is gonna be, I think, a two no, it's, it's a the one most billion expensive show ever made. Yeah. Whoa. Um but the Peaky Blinders show with the money that they have, like, you know, at first, obviously, first season, you you don't have all the money. And then every time you go into a next season, you know, you can get a budget and then everyone's deals go up and contracts and stuff like that. But, like, they've been able to use it in such a way where, like, there's no real, like, like, in Game of Thrones, years from now, we'll say, like, oh, that CG is not that great. In Peaky Blinders, you won't have that problem. Like, no. so much of right. the in-world effects that they use for gunshots for smoke for explosives all that stuff is all done so well in camera um the only cg is they use the the backdrop of the sky yeah skyline Mm, um i thought they used some of it for blood and smoke every now and again too i don't know about that but maybe but like i know i I know it's not out of the bounds the only thing i read was the backdrop but i could have missed another Mm. interview but in in terms of like just David Fincher does that a lot. Just in terms of how well it's made, it's like it, it, this is like like just really done done well TV, and that's kind of what is happening in a lot of the conversations of what TV and film is, where it's like film is where you go to make a blockbuster and you don't really have a say, where like TV is where you actually start getting creative and start doing a lot of the cooler stuff. Um, so for me, that aspect alone, like big spoiler, is like when um, there's a a scene where Tom Shelby shoots a horse. And uh, the horse keels over, and uh, there's a whole like Reddit page dedicated, like, how do they do that? Um, and then there's uh, you know, experts who talk about, like, oh, when you train horses, they could do certain things, blah blah. blah. So it's like, mm-hmm. wow. And then uh, there's like funny memes where it's like, that horse should win an, an Emmy, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. how well it acted. I'm dangerous, like, yeah. And yeah. so, um, it's, it's stuff like that where it's like, wow, like they do Metaphor things that you, don't, <laughs> that you don't that you don't think that they could have done, but they do, and then they did, and you're like, I didn't know that you could do that. You know, mm-hmm. so um, and it's not like I don't know. You could shoot a movie about space on the moon. It's like no. It's like I didn't know you could make a horse act in a way like that. And I was like, <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Um, so yeah, go. And there's gonna be chock full of that, and this is gonna be a bloated episode full of favorites. So I mean, go we're ahead, covering anyway. sixty hours worth of material, and yeah, so we usually cover. We usually cover like, three max, <laughs> three max. So uh, Just about, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
this show, shout out to Stephen Knight for, I know he, he at least does the entirety of the first draft himself. I don't know if there, I didn't check if there are other, other yeah, writers Every involved. single episode has another writer credit to it. Okay. But I know he himself by himself will do the first run of the season uh, and then bring in writers to, to fluff it up, which is really impressive to me uh, because you have this show where, I mean, I can only speak for myself on this. I'd say 80 to 99% of the time, which is a big range the show is two steps ahead of me, even though I think I'm on top of it, which is really, yep. really cool. Um, and I think he's really mastered the, the art of deception in film. Um, Cause they, they keep you in the loop on a lot of things and then they'll kind of be like, Oh, by the way, they Pinky were also dub, working this on happening. this. And you're like, Oh, sh- oh God damn. Yeah. Uh, like him running for office. MP yeah. <laughs> like, blew my mind. I was like, mm-hmm. he's in parliament now. Well, that's so where we're at. The, the funny thing with that, I had no idea what MP was. And I was like, wasn't that what Sam Neill's character was? So I was like, I don't know what the heck this means. And I was like, fuck it. Let me just watch the next episode. And then it'll explain it to me. And I was like, oh, that's what that means. Yeah, I have no idea what it stands for. I didn't look it up, but I, uh, my brain went member of parliament. Member of parliament. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know I looked at everything huh. that I did and I felt like I had to have my phone with me not to like scroll through but I was like pause I don't know what the fuck that means pause I don't know what the fuck that means and it was just like cool because like the there, there's a sense of uh, intelligent writing and it's like it doesn't need to pander to an audience yeah. and to me it expects that the audience actually be intelligent. And I, I I appreciate that. I like being feeling like I'm stupid. In it doesn't a movie pander that, to the com- lowest common denominator. Yeah, and I know a lot of American audiences don't like that. They're like, oh, you alienated me. It's like, oh, shut up. Fucking be shut part up. of the world. <laughs> I don't know. That's <laughs> just me. Um, but go on, Corey. Um, we, were we just talking favorite moments at this point? Favorite parts? Favorite mm-hmm. parts, yeah. Uh, this is for the me, gushing part. One of, the, yeah. one of my most favorite parts was the season two finale um, mm. by The Ditch. Where mm. uh, oh, yeah. you think he's going to get shot, and then that bam, guy bam, bam. who works for Winston Churchill turns the tables real quick. I will never forget my wife and I both, both out loud being like, Whoa, yeah. what just happened? Yeah. yeah. I thought he was dead for sure. Because like, at that point, for sure. I remember that the reaction too for us, because at that point, we didn't know the longevity of the show or yeah, no. how long it was going to go. So we were like, Oh, so Same. it's a two season show. Okay. Because some Netflix shows had that life that. at that time. And you're like, okay, well, this was fun. This is a great... What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, at that and point, it was, being it was in BBC the mainly, right? The blood and like shaking. What? At that point, at season two, it was still BBC. And then right. season three, it became a Netflix show. Correct. Mm. Yeah. So, like, uh, yeah. So no, at that I, point... Yeah. Go and ahead. he's, you know, he is one of those characters who, you know, if just if you if you speak film language at all, can't, can't be happy. Uh and just at this point, at least in the show, uh, just from his actions and the choices he's made and what he's had to do. So having him over that ditch, there was a part of me that goes, yeah, this makes sense. Like I, he's not a guy who's going to have this long at this point in the show, at least. Oh, I mean, season it, two, he's not he, this guy who's going to have a long life. He forsakes life. the sky and says like, I could have had it. I was so close. Yeah. And then I was like, fuck, and that's, he was I mean, so close. If I can veer off into a side tangent here just about Tommy Shelby and about he is in a sense reminded me a lot of Batman of this guy who with grace especially wants this 
life where he can be happy again like he was before the war. He wants to be able to get his family out of crime and into legitimate business and be able to kind of like have peace. And he can't. He just can't. The world will not allow him. No, because he just. Well, I mean, that's a whole other discussion. PTSD and stuff. And yeah, uh, Um, it's it it. This last time watching it through, that's all I could keep thinking of is like he's like Bruce Wayne in that sense. You think he's Mm -hmm. this guy who has everything, but in reality, has nothing that he really wants because what it was was grace, and that's gone. Well, and I I, talking a little bit about what Josh talked about with uh, you know he can't even go on vacation. That was actually one of my favorite parts. Mm-hmm. Was uh, it's after? Is it during season three or season four? But season I think four. it's four. Um, it's season four. So pretty much uh, everyone like there's a lot of shit that I happens, and then Arthur is now appointing the new chair per- chairman, and they say, "Hey, just take a break," and he goes on break for like three three weeks or something like that. So, um, yeah, but then not even, he, and it's like this goes, is he, the worst. He just goes rip roaring drunk, and you know he like you know stumbles, and you know he frightens his child and stuff like that, and it's just like to me, I really like that because. Um, it kind of comes full circle later on in season five where like um, he's talking to, I think, Ada and he says like, she says like, um, why are you doing this? And it's like, are you doing this because you think this is actually good? And or is it, is it somebody you, you, you've you met that you can't beat? And it's that sense of like that continual drive oh. and ambition that like I found myself in a lot of times where it's like, when will you when will it be enough? It's like, when is it good enough for you? And uh, a lot, honestly, a lot of times my answer is never. It's never going to be enough. Yeah. And there, there is a, a poison, a slow poison that you drink in life that tastes so sweet because you do look at the uh, insurmountable and then you mount it and you beat it and you win and it costs you everything. But then you realize at the end of it, when you up there, you have nothing left. And so when mm-hmm. you go to the next mountain, you're like, maybe then I will find my enlightenment. Maybe then I could say no. And yeah. then it kind of ends off with this place where the Tom Shelby is like, he is fighting for a, a good cause. But then it's also to 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 no end, and he's kind of just like on this, like I I think about like um, airborne rangers in the military. Um, they have a saying like, if my my parachutes don't open, then the ground's gonna have to make way because I'm coming through. And it's that kind of like you're going straight fast into it. Yeah, I mean, and um, you're talking about you know almost an entire generation of men who were put ravaged. into a war that no one had ever seen before. No one knew the effects of PTSD and that kind of thing. Yeah. And then we're just thrown back into society with no help, no handouts. Yeah. Just kind of like, all right, there Mental you go. Mental health wasn't a back to conversation it. piece. Yeah. Then. And Opium so you, you see that through yeah. Tommy where the only place he's calm is in conflict because he had to teach himself to do that because he was a clay kicker, which is, arguably for me is the most stressful thing you can be in a war is, is digging these, these confined tunnels where only one man can fit through. Uh, and it's, it's so interesting to see that, uh, there was a line he said in season four that hit me really hard. And I had to kind of pause it and be like, I got to take a break for a little bit. Uh, and it was the, the scene where his maid says, should I get you a doctor? And he goes, no, I know what this is. It's just myself talking to myself about myself. And I was like, that gave me like chills. I was like, Oh my God. Uh, because at one point we've all kind of been there where you're just like, all he needs is the loud to make sure the sounds in his head don't get louder than it. And yeah. then he can be okay. Yeah. Uh, but as long as yeah. he doesn't start thinking about things. It's about that keeping, keeping busy so you're not spending all of your time up here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Reflection um, is a very um, dangerous just myself talking sometimes. to myself about myself. was um, like a Josh Kalen. My, uh, let me get two things off of, off, off my, off my plate. Uh, 
Helen McCrory, anytime she is on screen, any Aunt scene, Paul is fucking great. Polly, yeah, I just uh, whether Gray. she's down Elizabeth and out, Gray. whether she's uh, fucking kicking ass, she is just a. F- uh, she she's is boss. She is boss. I mean, um, just watching her in any scene, I'm just like, woman, I love you. You um, know, do, and then you my, know that she, she huh? actually was uh, going to be Bellatrix. Oh wow! Whoa! Yeah, they wanted her to be Bellatrix first, but she was in another show, so they got Helen Bottom Carter, oh and then they put her as Malfoy's mom. Nice. Oh, so I was like, wow. imagine if she was Bellatrix, like that'd be yeah. fucking sick. Um, go on. My absolute favorite scene is in episode two of season two and it's between Arthur and Tommy um mm. Arthur's losing uh. his shit Tommy's talking to him but he has this speech that every I mean it just I had to pause it because I was just like holy shit because he goes is I have to room? read it because it was so good he said it's like a fucking boat Tommy full of heavy cargo like coal of iron or coal or iron sometimes it slips to one end and the boat tips I can feel it slipping, and I can feel the boat tipping. But there ain't nothing I can do about it. It's like me fucking heads, just like this fucking black fucking barge, and it just fucking drifts in and out and in and out. And the whole scene just like, and Tommy's already like having, he's got a lot on his plate. He's trying to balance everything, and now his brother's losing his shit, and he's like, get your shit together. But the end of the scene, what I love about it is that so Tommy leaves and he's really pissed and he comes back in. He empties the gun of the bullets and he throws the bull, the the booze into the fire. And the scene, the way it ends is that they they take out the production audio so you can't heal, hear Arthur. And all you hear is the fire rumbling and blazing. And it's Arthur just losing his shit underneath this fire. And it's just like from a sound perspective, from an acting perspective, I was just like. This is so I, I wanna, good. And th- that's a cool thing with Arthur Shelby's character or the actor, Paul Anderson. I don't know. You guys obviously, you know, looked this up, but like he was, to me, he's like the perfect story of the wake up actor who wakes up one day and is like, I'm going to be an actor um, yeah. because <laughs> he was dating a girl phenomenal. and was like, you should be an actor. And so he read uh, some lines for a movie and he's like, okay, let me do that. And then he slowly just rose up the ranks. And to me, watching him, his character develop, through the show and then seeing how the cast talks about it and then also the red carpet events uh, talking about this character. Like I saw so many interviews about him and everyone talks about like how it's so like enthralling to watch him Mm -hmm. like to be this primal rage machine and that he's become like... But also like a child at heart. Well, he's like quote unquote the anti-hero of the show. Mm -hmm. Like Thomas Shelby is actually pretty honorable and noble and do things but like Arthur, you have to defend him more times than not. Of what mm-hmm. he does. Often. And it's like, I don't know if he's good or not. And I don't think it really comes into fruition until like season five. You're like, I fuck with this guy hard. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> uh, Kaylin, your parts? Uh, there were a lot of things. I really did enjoy the same scene, Josh. Um, but from the perspective of Tommy starting to snap, mm-hmm. like, I feel like that was one of the first times you see Tommy start to freak when he's like, Basically, like, if you're going to kill yourself, like, I'm not taking care of you. You're like, you're your own he responsibility. Tells him to fuck Go off. Away. He's like, get yeah, your he shit together. To fuck off. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, just seeing that kind of a dynamic within that family where you can be so raw and angry and then stomp back in and take all the bullets out and throw the booze in the fire and be like, fuck you. <laughs> like, stomping away. Um 
that was one of the first times I was like, oh, okay, so that's that's the dynamic that we're dealing tough with. Tough love, here. baby. Mm-hmm. It's 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 tough love, but it's also like he is the unwilling head of the family. In yeah, a way. And I I think so that, you don't have to. Yeah, that yeah. that was so crazy when I so like when I actually started to like, okay, I gotta try to understand the show. And then I yeah. was like Wait, Arthur is not the the head of the family because in that no. mind you, you kind of just like the way the show the kind oldest. of well, yeah. like Corey was saying, like it deceives you to thinking like, oh, this is going to be the typical patriarchy kind of family where like the oldest at the head of the family, and then you're like, who's the head of the family? Who's the head of the family? And I was like, it should be Arthur. And then when he's like, who said you could do that without me? And then Tom says like, I make the calls, I make the books, and I was like, oh, the middle child, baby. Oh, there was an interesting interview with. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, they they start revealing more and more. Of like um, puppet puppets, like the idea of puppets are just everywhere. Where you have uh, Jimmy Kimball, and actually it's his like advisor that runs Billy everything. Kimball. And Jimmy Kimball's just the angry Billy. one that sends the Billy. guns everywhere. Billy Kimball, Billy, 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 Billy. Kimball. Uh, Billy Kimber. What do I call him? Jimmy. Billy Kimball. What? Billy Kimber. I don't know what I call Kimber. him. Kimber. Kimber. Billy well, Kimber. Jimmy Kimball. That was close. Is, Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel is a talk show host. <laughs> yeah, it's close. We were Billy Kimmel anyway, is a gangster from the night early night 1900s. <laughs> Gumble to Gumble is a cartoon. And then anyway. there's Major Campbell, who oh, is God. Dr. Alan Grant. No. And there's but, uh, Detective Campbell, who but is there's from also Kindergarten the Russians, Cop. too. Like, Kimball. you have the, the aunt. I forget. Uh, you have the aunt, you have Tatiana, and the husband. And the oh, husband's the Ro- supposed to be oh, the like, Romans. The Ru- yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah, the Russians. Russians. Russians, yeah. Russians, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, so no, you think that like the husband's the guy, but he seems too frantic. And then when you meet like his wife, you're like, oh, now I know who runs the show. Like, and there's so much of that everywhere, all the way. Like every time he faces someone, there's always someone else pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of what I think you were talking about with like, you you think you're on par, but then you're like, oh wait, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, well, it, yeah, it that's does part such of a it. Good job of doing that. The, the other part is just like. Tommy always thinking of some way of like season four, when Arthur walks back into the gin distillery after thinking he's dead and you're like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. uh, you know, do you, you find out that Tommy got this entire idea because of something Alfie said, where he said, big fuck small. And he went, okay, yeah, that works for me. And then, used that one line to entirely flip the table, literally flip the tables was like, on, yeah, his death will be on, our, our on Adrian Brody's And that's character. why it reminds me of K-dramas so much. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, they, and that's, that's the thing to me, actually, like, I I feel like I was, I was uh, I kept up with the show really well. Like, there was never a big surprise. There were small things that were, like, unexpected, for sure. Like, um, Like, at the end of, so, like, I had the luxury and the privilege of being, like, there's five seasons, baby. So season two, yeah. that thing didn't shock me. I was like, there's three more seasons, baby. And so there is that sense of like, when you're watching it and you're in it, you're in the trenches, you're like, I don't know what's going to happen, baby. <laughs> um, but me watching it, I was like, okay, how are you going to get to that point? So there is a difference of experience of watching it. And so for me, I was very much like- that off, man. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, to me, like, I was you like, gotta, you we, gotta we have work well, on turning like, that we, up. We were like, Corey, I was like, Corey wanted to do the show. So I got to watch all these seasons. So I have to be like, what's going to happen? Um, um, and so, like for me, like watching it and going into, it, I was like, "All right, what? How are we going to get to the sixth episode? How are we going to get to the sixth episode? Like, what's it going to happen?" So, like, it was very interesting. So, the small things I feel like 
were the small betrayals that like really surprised me. So like anytime Michael betrayed them or anytime like Alfie betrayed them, I was like, oh shit, this sucks. I was like that. And, and to me, I was like, but that's a really good writing piece because it's it's about the however, but um, actually moment. Yeah, so right. you get to a scene where it's like Tom Shelby wants South to do Park. this with the guns, but <laughs> um, uh, it's it's like a drama thing. It's not typically a South, not only a South Park. Thing, I know. I'm yeah. just saying that's where I learned it from was, was from oh. them. Yeah, um, they did a whole I think class Aaron, Sork- Aaron Sorkin talks about that. Um, he says, like, if you say, and then, and then, and then, you don't have a story. You have to say a but, and then a however, and then to actually. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, the, the show does that really well. So, like, it weaves. You're like, okay, cool. They, they just got to do this, and then that happens. And then all of a sudden, nah, baby. Nah, baby. Mm-hmm. Ain't going to be that simple. Like, like uh, go, ahead. go ahead. No, I was going to say, what were you going to say to finish your point? Well, I was going to say, like, for me, um, like, the biggest thing that, like, kind of, like catapulted me in terms of my momentum of what I want, like how I was like I'm in the show was actually the last episode of season one. And so like you had Tom Shelby, Tommy, Tommy Shelby. Um, and you're like, cool. He came from nothing. He wanted to do this thing. There was going to be an all out brawl out fight and all that stuff. And it is still climactic, but not as, as violent as you thought it would be. And then how do we resolve this? And it gets to a point where it's like, okay, now he gets the girl. Like this is the very typical Hollywood arc. And then, um, he doesn't get the girl, and it comes up where like, what was his decision? What did he do? Almost oh, like, oh my god, there's a gunshot. What happened? Who died? And then it's like, cool. He fell in love. He was able to provide for his family. No major people died, and you're like, cool. Now, hopefully, he can be able to rebuild um, his place in Small Heath and everything like that. And the sh- the show will go on. But then it really comes to a point where it's like, will he be happy? And I was like, oh shit. And so season two just is all about like, he's not going to be happy. And like, I really lingered on to him because of like how quick and dismissive he was about the fact that Grace just like peace the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I, I feel that pain, bro. I get you. And so you just got to <laughs> do your thing. And everyone's like, hey, man, get over it. Blah, blah. There'll be someone else. And it's like, oh my God. And then guess the girl. Um, yeah. So. Well, I, but like she says in uh, season one, after you know, happy or sad, sad. She goes, I warn you, I break your heart. He says, already broken. And then she does break his heart. Not yeah. not on purpose, but that's Oops. the catalyst for the decline of the whole Thomas thing. Shelby's heart I, in, in quite some time. The other thing I love about the show as a whole is it is just the... All of the characters, you get... It's a, it's a study in what people can handle. And again, going yeah. back to that scene um, where Arthur is saying, I'm not you. I'm not you and everybody knows that I'm not you. And it's kind of like a, it's really a a telling scene because if you watch the whole show, you're seeing what people can handle and what breaks people. And sometimes it's little things. Sometimes it's really massive things. Um, But it's interesting to see what people can handle and like to analyze yourself of like, what, what, what can I handle? You know what I mean? Like, I think we've, We've all kind of had a conversation in our digital green room of like how some people have the tools to deal with certain things. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like Arthur versus Tommy. It's like they went through the same war. They did this not the same things, but it's like it affected them both very differently. Right. And it affected um it affected all the brothers differently. And John it, and Yeah, John. Um so it's just very Denny interesting Wisbang. just to see everybody Rest just like what what's gonna break them mm-hmm. and it could be small it could be big um but it's just a it's a wonderful show it's a wonderful i also want to say 
a lot of my favorite parts of this show also is pretty much anytime Alfie's on screen, Alfie Solomon. Oh yeah, uh, Alfie's pretty. Hilarious. It's a great. It, well, it's a great kind of break from how heavy the rest of the show is to get someone in there who takes such a different. I would say, intelligent wise, he's on par with Tommy, but mm. he he uses it so differently. Where Tommy is forthright with his intelligence and reserved, Alfie kind of plays the idiot. But in reality, he kind of knows more than everyone else in the room. Uh, and I think that's why Tommy respects him so much, is that he knows that there's someone there intellectually who... who Because uh, I watched this interview with Killian Murphy, and he was like, I think Tommy is burdened with the the uh, gift of, of intellect. Knowledge. And he has to move through this world where people think so much slower than him, and it's it's frustrating. And he's like, and really, it's the only other person he respects on that level is Polly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, this is coming from mm-hmm. Kelly Murphy and he was like because Polly and him make all the, all the decisions and he's like they're the smart ones and everyone else kind of carries out what the smart ones think and so once you know that about the character you realize there's a, a select few people like Alfie which is why he continually trusts him with certain things here and there and I think there's a, a glimpse of himself in that you know because they say falling in love is seeing yourself and part of yourself in someone else and I think he does see that intellect within Alfie it's just that it's such a juxtaposition of how he uses it uh mm-hmm. which really interests me um, and I, th- I think it's cool because the way that the relationship gets formed at the beginning he comes to him for help you know yeah. like we have a common enemy in sabini um and i really like also just alfie Se- uh, solomon's like he's i hate to say it but like they're like we talked about like there's different um the show is actually very um ingrained in a little bit of the topics of like early racism so mm-hmm. like you know the gypsies um, you know, against the, you know, I guess the 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 Irish Italians proper, Irish, yeah. you know, so like, you know, even though they're gypsy and Irish and then against the Jews and against the Russians and against the Chinese. Um, and so Alfie plays the the Jewish, you know, portion of it. Like what do Based Jewish people- Based off a real person, by the way. Yeah, what do Jewish mm. people, um, you know, are portrayed against these things? And like, it shows like the, the, the racism, especially with uh, Adrian Brody's character, uh, uh, Luca- uh, yeah, and um, oh, yeah. Changaretti, Changaretti, and um, how he says like you know there's a bunch of you Jewish people, blah blah, and it's so funny because Adrian Brody is Jewish, so yeah, he's <laughs> he's Jewish people trying to pass as Italian. as Italian, and so like there there's that cool sense of like there's no matter what there's going to be tension at every scene because yeah. there's that race card to begin with, and I love yeah. that I think that really fuels uh, every episode, and I think it even comes to a head like and I'll, uh, to me this was like the most like. Um, what would you call it? Like dark horse or uh, up and coming or just like out of left field performance Mosley. was was uh yeah Sam Claflin's character yeah and I was oh. just like yo yo this guy's like James Bond level villain shit, also based right off a real person and <laughs> yeah. history books don't like to talk about yeah. basically who, the rise who, who, of Nazism in England yeah. we kind of swept that one under the rug but yeah. very real <laughs> yeah very real which is really cool Sabini like, was real yeah. Solomon was real. Uh, the Peaky Blinders Winston were Churchill. technically real too. They were real, but this they is were not mostly kids version. back. Yeah. So they kind of took in that and, and flipped it. Um, yeah. But yeah, if yeah, you yeah. if you look a lot, if you look it up a, a lot, a majority of the big roles were real people that mm-hmm. they they based these characters off of, which is interesting. Whether it was real people in 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 that time or in Stephen Knight's life. So Charlie, mm-hmm. the the scrap metal worker, when yeah. Stephen Knight oh, was a kid yeah. and his parents would work, they would go to Charlie's yard who was this guy who would watch the kids 
uh, and they would get to hang and play and do whatever. And it was basically like a, like a playground where they would go and it was Charlie's yard and he ran it and the parents would come pick him up afterwards. And it was just this sweet man who, who just loved helping the families of the community. And that's who he based Charlie off of. Just Tommy's best friend who we find out was in love with his mom. And it was just such a sweet moment. And that's why he cares so much about Tommy. It's just like this Mm -hmm. surrogate dad thing. It's just like, Oh, well, it's funny because he calls him uncle and I was just like, Oh, that's his uncle. And I was like, Oh, it's not his uncle. You know me Um, and and dad stories. Yeah. And that's that's a cool thing I, I really liked with Every the show time. was like the family aspect of things. Um, and uh, it's interesting because I was like, what's going to happen with Ada? What's going to happen with Finn? What's going to happen with John? I will say this. Fucking Michael Greco eat a, eat a dick. I'm just like, this motherfucker Oh, after sucks. season five? Yeah. I well, mean, really to me, four th- when he didn't tell Tommy he was going to get shot. There, there was yeah. a lot of things. There was a lot of Tommy things. Tommy gave that him was three just opportunities like, in that scene. I was like, I was like, Paul... You, you great. You are the matriarch of the family, but this is a one mistake. Mm-mm. Bringing this motherfucker oh, Michael? in. Yeah, Michael was kid. great. The first, the second and third season, he was. He was I on top to of me, his shit. He like when he first got introduced, I was just worried. Like he's gonna get fucking killed. Like he's gonna be killed, and then Paulie's gonna be like upset, and it's gonna be Tommy's Shattered. fault. And like it's gonna just ruin the family dynamic, which is gonna cause conflict for the next season. But no, fucking Michael just ends up being this piece of shit throughout the entire fucking show. I was like, fuck this guy. Like, there's a lot of characters where I'm like, he's cool, he's cool, he does dumb dumb shit. Like, I start, I really didn't like Arthur for a while because I was like, mm-hmm. man, get your shit together, man. Like, hold it, t- hold it down for the team. Then you realize baby. it's like PTSD and he's unstable and yeah. I mean, to a certain point, like we talked Tom's about, like, where it's yeah, like even then though, yeah, but uh, no, it's to a certain point together. where it's, it's it's you have Tommy and then you have Arthur, right? And so you have someone yeah. that is handling it and someone who's not handling it, and that's why it's like it's tough to watch as a show. Like Tommy doesn't quote unquote handle it that well either. He still is an opium addict, smokes opium and drinks. Yeah, and like all I, the time. I had to look that up. Like, what the smokes fuck is Tommy Shelby time. smoking in season one? And it's like that's opium. opium like, yeah, oh, okay, for sure. And so it's like everyone that's has what their they're vices. drinking too. Yeah, and has their way of going about it is to accept that like. Are, like Tom, Tommy will like sometimes make decisions a little based out of ego, and then Arthur will just do dumb shit because it's a rage filled like thing that it's not to me not only about the war all. either. It's yeah. also about their dad and how yeah. their dad's a piece yeah. of shit. He doesn't have the uh, he doesn't have the smarts to process his emotions either, like the mm-hmm. the anger or the sadness or the guilt or. I also, I also pretty good muscle. I also yeah. don't think he has enough of the. Almost, I don't. I would say almost enough of the love, because even when he does get that with Linda, like that becomes tumultuous. Yeah, but it and wasn't love. She was just trying to fix him, which is a yeah. which is an egotistical move on yeah. her part. But I mean, it, yeah. it was it was it was the love that he accepted, and that's what yeah. I'm saying. Where it's like, and that's that's like, why he, that 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 thing that Paul says to him when she's like, find someone who will understand and put out your fires, not try to put you out, kind of yeah. thing, and in, I, in the face of Linda. I had really liked, um, there was a scene that happened with Tommy and Arthur in season five where they had to go um, talk to somebody. And then it's like, with him in the room, he's like, him and I are the same. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's like, to me, I was like, Arthur is like now this wonderfully developed character where like, yeah. they're at this place where Talking like, you younger. See, see all these things. And even, and even then, like, he still like, doesn't get to call the shots. He still asks Tommy, like, what do we do? Um, but like, now, you know, like, he is even aware of his own faults at a point. You know, season one and two, well, it's kind of like he's not even well, aware. Well, that's the of conversation it. he has with Linda. Linda, mm-hmm. I'm okay with when it. When he's like, I'm a doorman. Finally. I'm I'm fine with it. Are yeah. you? Like, yeah. 
Yeah. That that's that's that full acceptance. And that's when I feel like he becomes more okay to like the viewer yeah. of being like, Oh, okay, you're that? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, we all know now. Cool. We're, we're on the same all, page. We're all okay with it. <laughs> um yeah. and it, it does uh, focus another, him quite a bit. Oh. That's all I was gonna mm-hmm. say. It focuses him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah. still raged machine, but he can yeah. point it. But Which like is funny because he's like somewhere. the scrawniest of the of the Shelby's. Hey, but you know, this game fight club. He's scrappy it. as fuck. Scrappy <laughs> guys fight till the end, man. Yeah, they do. Till they get choked. Um, something that really stuck out to me throughout this whole series was um, just like the spirituality mixing with morality, mixing with ethics, mixing mixing with like real world, like circumstance of mm-hmm. of like he has that sapphire. That he takes to mm. Madame Bellona, I think it is. One of the yeah, and he's, She's like, you but want me like, to say it's cursed. Yeah. yeah. And and he's like, it's all he's like, it's it's all a joke anyway, but I need you to say it, basically. And she's so like, that I can survive I feel it <laughs> yeah. in my bones. And he's like, Okay. And then he just Good like leaves. And and just watching watching um how like spirituality, mental illness. And like ethical things are all mixing in the show is just so nobody's perfect. Delightful. Well, yeah. I mean, it's really well written that nobody is above fault. And right, everybody's in, at fault in, in, in some mm-hmm. ways, in, in some way, shape, or form. Tommy is almost that sense of like I can carry all of the guilt so that no one else has to. So like in the beginning of the episode one, where they had the off the friend who uh, has like debilitating PTSD and accidentally Danny was like, yeah, kill somebody. Yeah. And then, like, you see him that he's the angel of mercy at the same time. Yeah, and he just shoots like, the brain packet. Mm-hmm. On the, yeah. And then, same thing with the, uh, with the sniper boy in season mm-hmm. five. Um, and so, it's there's that sense where he's like, he's also fighting those same battles, but somehow he keeps, you know, in those daily battles, he keeps coming up on top um, yeah. where other people do not. And he has to, you know, carry that weight of everybody. Well, it's, you can. get these glimpses of that of his humanity and like who he used to be before the war, and we see that picture of him with his first wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Killian Murphy was talking about it. He was like, you know, Tommy was this guy who believed in communism and believed in in the betterment of yeah. workers and people, and smiled and laughed a lot. And he was a romantic. And he's like, you get with grace, you get to see that side of him, like that dance they have where he's smiling and they're in love or, or when, uh, you know, on their wedding day or all that kind of stuff. And he's like, you get to see these, these parts of him so that when you see these other sides of him, of like blinding people with a hat, you're just like, there is, there is something else behind it. Like, unlike Arthur, most of the time where it's kind of just yeah. like, dude, come on. It's the, it's the well-written no. Byronic uh, character is the Tommy has hero. That, that history of not only looking out for his family but looking out for the little guy as well. Yeah. Like in that scene where where the the where Luca's chasing him through the apartment complex and making sure that everyone stays down, stays Gets safe, down. pulling that old lady in and being like, "Stay here, don't move." Uh, it's 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 really like I said. I think he's one of the most complicated characters we've seen uh, on TV in in quite some time. And, and it's it's fascinating to watch not only him rise but unravel at the same time. And you know this, Kelly uh, Murphy has said that like Tommy Shelby is like such a difficult character to play because he's so oh, yeah. exhausting. Yeah, yeah. You like, can write it all day, but if you don't get the guy who understands how to play it, it's not going to work. And yeah. you know who they they wanted at first, right? Mm-mm. Um. So Stephen Knight 
before he did Peaky Blinders, he directed a film called Redemption. And I've talked about this show, or this movie a lot, and I fucking love this movie. Uh, and it's about um, a, a vet who has PTSD, who's homeless, and um, after a night where he defends some uh, someone getting beat up, um, he, he gets uh, hurt, and then he breaks into a flat. And then the people who live in that flat are going to be gone for three months, and he rehabilitates and like gets up back on his feet. Mm. And he finds redemption and like falling in love with like this nun. Um, and that is played by Jason Statham. And that's so Stephen wanted. Knight wanted Jason Statham to be Tommy Shelby at first. And I was like, that's Mm-mm. fucking crazy to think about it. And it would have been such a different character. Um, yeah. But like, and I think it was like Stephen Knight was like, I didn't think that Killian Murphy was going to be that good. And I think he says like, and you have to remember like, Killian Murphy was like, I'm, I'm, I'm still a human. Chill out. Like, I'm, I'm not yeah. Tommy Shelby. And yeah. I was like, damn, that's really cool. Kaylin, you um, were going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, I lost it. Oh, this must guy. be why. <laughs> Although, <laughs> I, did okay. like, I did like the uh, the nod to it being Killian Murphy. Uh, I think it's what? Season, around season four, end of season four, where there's the scarecrow. Oh, oh. yeah. In the yard. That scene. Oh, that was man. an intense yeah. ass scene with fucking Charlie. Yeah, when Charlie yeah. comes running onto the floor. And then floor. he runs oh out and you're God. like, oh no, oh no. Oh yeah. Oh, no. Um, and like I, I, seeing him try to step where he stepped in the mud yeah. before because he made it mm-hmm. out there. Like I was holding my breath through that scene. What, what? Yep. I don't uh, know how you wouldn't. Um, I actually think my ultimate, ultimate favorite part is uh dialogue read by Killian Murphy for Tommy Shelby. And it's um I don't know who he's talking to, but it's by the time he has his house. So it's mm-hmm. at least by season two. Um, and I don't know if it's at the end, but I think it is. Where he's t- talking to someone that doesn't understand why he's doing what he's doing. And he says, like, he, pretty much I'm paraphrasing. He says, like, I've seen it all. It's like, they will never accept us. Like, we come from nothing. There's always going to be somebody that, like, just, n- like, looks at our money and it's not good enough for them. And to me, that was, like, the most, like, relatable moment I felt to the character. Because I was like, yeah, coming from nothing and then dressing yourself up, you know, doing everything you can to make yourself, like, an upright citizen will never be good enough. Because they'll only look at your past and never who you are now. And it's yeah. like that feeling of like inadequacy that um, I think a lot of immigrants, um, a lot of people who have faced you know racism, um, fe- uh, sees and feels all the time. And so like to me, I was just like that hits so hard for me. And I was like, this is so like and it was really cool because like at this moment you see Tommy Shelby like having this momentum of like he's now like the king of Ed- uh, king of Edinburgh, uh, Edinburgh, and like you know he has a small heath you know platoon and brigade and all that stuff. So it's like. He's he's a thing, he's a force to be reckoned with. Yet mm-hmm. Parliament will not recognize him. They will say like you're just some you know bullshit you know par- car parts and and race peddlers. You're never going to be anything of of consequence. Yeah. And he's like, I can get people killed and no one will talk about it, and I still won't get recognized. And I was like, there's that that sense of ambition that I was like, yeah, mm. yeah. I, can I be also in Parliament the thing, uh, and another thing I like enough. about this show is that the the women in the show are are so radical for the time that they're set in for the early mm-hmm. 1900s and, <laughs> and, and mid 20s and they're all so bad at like they are all kind of looking at all the boys as boys most of the time and being like we put up with their shit a lot don't we and like that that boardroom meeting where that guy's trying to be like i think it's great that we have women here oh, and they're so, so modern so they're like rolling their eyes almost and then and then arthur sh- or tommy shows up and he goes what i miss and Paul goes, the women are decorative. We've decided the women, we've agreed the women are decorative. And I just like, I think that they're written so, so well. I think Lizzie is a fantastic I was gonna character. Say, I, I love, like, I didn't ever expect it to like, like Lizzie as much as I liked. And I was like, 
Oh, oh shit, man. she's becoming Lizzie, a fucking dope. Lizzie grows on you hard over the, the course of the show. I think it's season three, the first time we hear the name Jesse Eden before we see her in the next season, mm-hmm. where right. they all go to the strike and they go, you know what, fuck it, we're closing the shop for today. And yeah. we're all going to go to this strike. And Paul ends up getting drunk and like making speeches at this. Do you hear about her yeah. like grandstanding and just they come back and Tommy's like, what was that about? And she's like, I was just having fun. Like, <laughs> like I thought, I think there's so, I mean, especially like t- you said it, Josh, Polly is such a cool, interesting. She's almost, I would say she's just as complex as, as Tommy in that sense in a different way obviously um, with her own demons and her own kind of thing but the the theme they come back to is that the two of them keep each other alive and I that is shown again and again and again and again that there's been multiple times where Tommy's had to pull Paul back from the brink and Polly's had to pull Tommy back from the brink and it's you know the 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 epitome of their entire relationship is that season four switch where they were actually in on it the whole time yeah yeah unbeknownst to michael unfortunately that uh they were they were tricking luca into following him for a setup which is just like i i remember that that switch because i was it's kind of like watching batman and superman fight you're kind of like guys guys come on because you love i have always loved the relationship between Bal- uh, Bali, Polly. Polly and Tommy. And just like you said, it's, it's a give and take when somebody mm-hmm. needs to give, they give and it, it, they, they go yeah. back and forth. And so when you, when it's this seeming fight, you're like, no, it sucks. I understand yeah. why Polly's so pissed or why well, and we're her running that. the business while they're all gone. And like, it's just, they're all, I mean, Ada become her arc is really, really cool from where she starts in the beginning with Tommy's best friend, which mm-hmm. was another really interesting tie-in that they they grew up together and were best friends and they're on these opposite sides of of the world uh, in in a, in a social sense. Uh, mm-hmm. But seeing her go from being a communist to kind of running the PR of the entire business yeah. and making these contacts and moving pieces and being like to Jesse, like, yeah, I used to be where you are, but I kind of run Grew shit up. now. <laughs> so... <laughs> I kind of run the world. I want to shout out also you saying epitome for epitome. That's what I meant. Thank you. (laughs) I was like epitome. I was like epitome. Whatever. (laughs) Does it not work? Does epitome not work? To me, I was like, is that like the 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 Peaky Blinders way of saying it? Because you know, like they have like their own. Oh, uh, yeah, epitome. The perfect example. The perfect example of their relationship. The epitome of their relationship was that moment. Same difference, but epitome no, yeah. works. Is what I'm saying. You no, call no. me out for nothing. No, no, no. I'm just saying. Uh, I was like, I was like, oh, I never heard it called that way. I'm gonna um, say epitome still of their relationship is that, is that stood out as an epitome for me uh, was the the conversation by the fire between Paul and Tommy. I think that's that's the moment that resonated the most for Which me one? personally, where she's talking about how kind of like what makes them so similar and what makes them work together so much is that they're both living like kind of a twilight life where Mm. they have one foot into the living world and one foot into oh when she says it's 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 our gypsy blood essentially yeah she's like it it keeps us we should be moving and and we Mm. we basically and the both of them having basically being on extra time right uh everything else is extra or running from death shaking the devil's hand and walking past yeah yeah Um, i I think that was a great scene those things are like for me personally, that was like the most like 
that actually got me like kind of welled up with tears a little bit of like, oh man, yeah, that was like really real. Um, And I feel like anybody who watches the show can have one of those moments because all of these characters are so fleshed out. Like you can find some of yourself in someone at some point in the Mm -hmm. show, you will find something that like wrecks you as a person Yeah, Yeah. Um, (laughs) because like there's just such a wide swath of everybody. Um, I think the, we've been yeah, we're talking ahead, about characters. Uh, we can go on and on about favorite parts and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I think forever. we can yeah. start going into characters. Yeah, if you want to talk more about this, slip inside of them DMs because yeah. I will we, go. We can talk about it on our on our Discord, baby, too. All day. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's do favorite characters, and it's going to be definitely hard. So let's just do this. Let's do three favorite characters. Oh, okay. Three favorite characters. Doesn't matter what their then. extent was. Yeah, it's hard. It's still hard. It's still really fucking hard. Is it? I, I, I mean, obviously, first. Thomas Shelby. Okay, you want to go ahead. first? Go. Okay. No, no. Go um, Tommy Shelby. Tommy Shelby all day. Um, to me, every time I hear a Tommy character in a movie or a Tom uh, or in a show, I'm like, I get like, hell yeah. A little and, bias. Well, not even that. Well, like, if they're bad, if they're not great characters, I'm like, man, fucking A. It has to be a Tom, doesn't it? But then when they're great, I'm like, hell yeah, baby. Represent for the Toms out there, babe. Um, So, Tommy. All Toms are the same. Mm -hmm. I just said how they weren't. Yeah. (laughs) To be fair, he did. (laughs) And uh, so, Tommy, um, number one. I think number two is probably um, Paul. And I wanted to say this was at in the first two seasons, you see her kind of play almost like uh like a very authoritarian role which is i thought was wonderful and great and then season three you start seeing her vulnerability which is a really cool thing that happens to male characters you know you see the brutish exterior and then you see the sensitive stuff that makes you fall in love with them um and then women are typically done and written where it's like they're vulnerable and then when you see them be like i'm fighting they're like now that's an empowered woman it's like or you could just start out empowered and then show later on like the different side of that woman, you know? So I thought that was a really well executed way to show that character. And that's, I think also happens with all the, all the characters, except Ada probably starts out like as like the love interest for Freddie. So that was a, that was a one thing. Um, and then third character would have to be, so hard. <laughs> um, um, I think, I don't know. It's honestly, it's, it's not, it's, it's quote unquote, not one of the, big characters but it might be Abrama Gold or um Ugh. I forget her name but the um Chilo white guy with a beard man the girl the the, Ru- the Russian princess Tatiana mm, Tatiana. Tatiana um Fucking for two crazy. things for those two wild no, girl I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to do that I'm not going to break the rule I'm going to say uh, okay. Abrama Gold Yeah uh that's a good choice Oh man uh, No you know what no Tatiana Tatiana sorry sorry okay. sorry oh. I go Tatiana So Tommy Cray. Paul Tatiana 50 shades of cray <laughs> yeah, I she the reason why I pick her is because I think she did did so much for Tommy's development, um, mm. and she definitely had all these sexy parts. But to me, I think sex and physicality and emotionality when they perfectly melange in a in a in a wonderful <laughs> temperament, um, like that is when you find out like you are you 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 control your body. Your body is yours. You, everything you have, your your who you are, and. Like she's getting, the freest out of all of them, to be honest. Yeah, and, and like her going, like I think I have a pen here somewhere, and then just shooting, shooting the registrar, the like, yeah. <laughs> and like the way, like, yeah, she she's like the most maverick out of everybody. Lives with literally no rules. Um, Soul and from that, her own family th- that makes like, her <laughs> the most free, like you're saying. Um, like that that to me really str- spoke out to me because it's 
the nobility and the rules and the unwritten rules and the social contracts that the whole show is kind of based upon. Like you don't kill, you know, you don't kill the Italians or else those people come kill you. Or you know, you don't mm-hmm. do, you know, you don't do trades over at Sabini's thing or else he comes kill you. You don't, you know, all these things, but she's just like you do what you want because you can and you have to take what you want. And it's like that cool like yeah. Yeah, there is that interesting level of like that's where the precipice was kind of coming from where it's like I'm doing this for the greater people, but then also don't forget that you're more powerful if you do for yourself too. So you got Tommy Polly and, and Tatiana. Tatiana and then like honorable mention Abrama. Honorable mention is the entire cast, baby. I mean, like, shout out to Abrama. Made it to your top yeah. four. Also, I'm a big fan of Aiden Gillen. He's fucking phenomenal. <sighs> he needs to be in more so shit. So good. He was my was, pick for Doctor Strange. I will say, I wanna, he, I'll say this he too. He's like little finger. In he's a little finger. Yeah. And yeah. he's in, in Dark Knight. He's the Dark Knight Rise. He's the. Uh, it's like, where's Bane? <laughs> in the Uh-oh. first scene of the. Yeah. Um, You're a big guy. For you. Like, for you. If I take um, that off, will I, will I kill you? It'll be extremely painful for you. Uh, uh, man. I also, I've, I mean, like, a shout out to the guy who played my, my, speaking of Littlefinger, that actor, when we were watching season three, Dana thought that when we first heard his voice, that the priest was him. Um, mm. Played by that character. So when he showed oh. up in season four, we were like, oh, he is here. Cool. <laughs> Which was a terrifying character, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was one of the scarier villains in the entire the, series. The priest? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That was yeah. horrifying. <laughs> um, right. I've got Shout mine. out to that guy. I thought he was phenomenal. Yeah, go ahead. Um, that actor. For me, uh, level at one is Polly and Arthur. They both, they, uh, I can't put Carry a lot one of weight above the other. They are just for different reasons. I really identify a lot uh, sometimes with Arthur in terms of his inner struggle, but Polly just, she's just so badass. And mm-hmm. I just, I loved watching her, her journey through the entire, entire thing from really powerful to kind of crazy to all just the, the whole journey was awesome. Um, and then I'll, I'll say Tommy. Um, I mean, it's just, it's a, this is one of those yeah. shows that like what you just said, Tom, uh, the shout out to the whole cast, everybody yeah. has a moment where you're just like, yeah, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm the, I can't look away. It's just this so show. good. And every season finale, it was just always had me like, what the fuck are they going to get out this of this? Is like when everyone got arrested in season three. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was so like, you're just like, excuse me? <laughs> well, I thought what? that was I thought that was dope as fuck. And I was like, yeah. how's he going to get him out? How's he going to get him out? That's what I mean. I yeah. mean, I was just like, uh, oh, my God. Um, I, This is a this is super spoiler at this point. I feel so bad, but I'm going to say it. Um, well, John, we, we left spoiler country, Terry. Yeah, like, yeah. we left that a long time ago. So John dies. Does his yeah. family die too? No. Okay. No. Cool. I was thinking about like, everyone else got away. Yeah. I was thinking about like his wife and kid. I was like, oh my god, did we they were get fucking slaughtered. We were shocked by that when John died because we were like, one of the I mean, brothers. I mean, to me, and that I'll, kind of that kind of removed a lot of the safety nets for me. Oh yeah. yeah to me, that was like when um, I was like, security. Hell yeah! Not like in a. I want him to die, but it's like, well, they went also, there, baby. They Stephen Knight has went. gone on gone on record and I. Is like the antithesis to George R. R. Martin, where he's like, I don't like to kill characters off for the sake of just killing them, them essentially for the shock yeah. value. He's like, in real life, even for these gangsters, if you look at statistics back then, death was pretty rare. Yeah. And so I'll kill him off if actors want to leave the show, which the guy did. He was in a ton of movies following this show coming out. Oh, wow. Um, and he was like, or if it serves purpose, real purpose to the story. 
uh, I'll do it. Like, um, I'm assuming we're going to find out with Abraham gold, which broke my heart. Yeah. Um, but he, he's, he's gone on record saying that. So when that happened, I was like, Oh damn, this is, this is him kind of making, making something count because it does to him. It matters to the right, the creator of the show yeah. when people die. Right. It's not a decision um, easily made. Right. It's not just like, all right, I don't know where else to bring this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to kill him. Kalen or uh, Corey. Even, even to the, to the extent where, sorry, this is another interview bit. Um, he called Sam Neill to be like, he was going to kill him off in season one. And Sam Neill was Whoa. like, I don't want to die. And he was like, okay. And wrote a bit more and then called him again and was like, all right, it has to happen now. And Sam Neill was like, okay. And they, he was like, he was a complete saint about it. Um, but he doesn't like, the, the writer doesn't like to do it if he doesn't have to. Uh, wow. Sorry, go ahead, Kaylin. Uh, for me, it's Paul, Tommy, late game Lizzie, shout out Alfie. Okay. Because... Uh, late game Lizzie. Paul, Paul is my <laughs> late game Lizzie. Well, I mean, I felt bad for I her in season two. I wasn't two. fond of her. Well, for in a season while. two, she she to me really started to shine in season two because like that she, she part started with the, getting at the there. racetrack. Mm-hmm. And I felt so it, fucking bad for her. And I was like, she deserves better than this, Tommy. You know that. Yeah, I mean, even season three when he's what does he say to her at the end? He goes, "This is for you for <sighs> putting up say? with me, essentially, like, for being like, being the only person." Who could? Who could? Um, who could? Something might, keep my heart from breaking completely. Yeah, it was only you. No one else could do that. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was. I was like, ooh. <sighs> like I, I think I was just. I was too frustrated with her for putting up with it. Yeah. And and even like what was it season five when he's yeah. like in my head I'm still paying you for it. Like well, when he said that to her, I was like, oh fuck. Well, I mean, you, and that's the thing guy. where it's like he he's done so much to kind of like just drive her away that I'm like. Fuck, she does not deserve this shit, but also I would hate for her to leave. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I like her I character mean, so much, and I just don't want her. And to me, I almost find her, like, I hate to say it, I think she's more of her his salvation than Grace is at this point. Oh, for like, sure. Like, Grace, at this point, she hasn't been in the show that long. And so, like, Lizzie, I'm like, Lizzie's been there with you, man. Like, give her her yeah. respect. Well, and and watching her, like, I, I think that the turning point for me really liking her Still being like sad in my heart for her. Yeah. But liking her more was when she was like, I was on the phone with a solicitor. Mm. You already know that. I heard, I, I hung up the phone and I heard your car pull up and I changed. changed that's when I was like, I made a decision. Yeah, yeah. That's when I was like, okay. So it's kind of like, it's the same speech as Arthur going, I'm the doorman. She's like, I'm, I'm the surrogate wife. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not the wife you want. I'm the wife you have. I'm still in love with you. So I'm going to make this work in the ways that I can make it work. And are you going to accept me as that? And they basically made kind Come to of a that business contract. Yeah. They came to a business agreement. Yeah. Check, checks and balances of check yeah. my head with my heart. And, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I liked how that followed up when Mosley came over to the house. And it was just kind of like. And then he's like, no, it's my wife. We yeah. fuck off. Yeah. Because yeah. no, well, he does he, still love her in that sense yeah. of like, of. He cares knowing about her it. since yeah. his entire life. Yeah. But and but he was being very protective about it, I think, mm-hmm. until season six, where he's like, It's five. Don't, don't you, whatever, go away. Well, no. Yeah. And then, like, how Mosley's like, Oh, maybe you should come back to my room and all this. Like, if Thomas hears that, you're going to fucking die. Then I was like, Hell yeah, baby. He yeah. would fucking die. Yeah. This motherfucker should and, die. And uh, my shout out for Alfie, 
Paul and Tommy are like a given. Like, Polly is just an amazing character, and Tommy great is actor. great. Um, huh? She's a great actor too. I'll yeah. Just, oh yeah. There, I mean, everyone in the commands show is, it. Like, yeah, amazing. But but just like the the kind of the um, her her spiritual side too really like connected with me. Um, you can say I heard Gypsy and, side. Huh? You can say you, I heard Gypsy. You can't side. say that technically. They say it in the show. Technically, I know they can because they are Tom. Yeah, they can say but, it. It's technically a slur. But uh, yeah, just like the spiritual stuff that she goes through with Love the it. like near death experience, um, or yeah, near death experience. I guess is the best way to talk about having a rope around your neck, uh, and and how she views the world, how Tommy views the world. I've stated my case for Lizzie, but my shout out for Alfie. Because he's a dick. How's my dog? He's a dick in <laughs> such a delightfully horrible way. He's and like yeah. when he talks about Tommy shooting him in the face, and he's like, "I won't bore you with the details. This guy's a jerk." <laughs> yeah, Ugh, you wouldn't want to hear about it. And you can see Tommy's face just very slightly be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> "Like I don't know. I love all those interactions of like they hate each other, but they love each other a little bit." But yeah, well, it's, a con- it's it's like fencing. It's like they're they're always dueling to a degree, yes. but they have a respect for each other that they don't have for anyone yeah. else. I mean, he took care of his dog. I love Tommy took his dog. He did take care of his dog, even though he said he wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, oh, he'd be and distressed. Then, and then he's also like, "I'm gonna need more than five. I need a. I need ten. And he's like, "You still have my dog?" He's like, "Yeah, he's fine." He's like, "Well, ten's okay, I guess." Um, my, I do want to say my favorite moment in that scene. He goes, "How long till you figured out that I was still alive?" He goes, "You wrote me a letter, Alfie." Like, did, did I? I? <laughs> no. um, I did. I was, I, I was on I, a lot of drugs. I want to mention an anecdotal. So there's a moment where in that scene where uh, Alfie pulls out a gun, and then Tommy says, three, two, two one, one, bang," and then nothing happens. He's like, "Okay, then." So I'm going to tell you my plan. When that yeah. happened, <laughs> when I was watching it, all my lights turned off. Right when he said bang, I was like, oh shit. <gasps> I was like, I was like, how did that happen? I was like, all right, shit, like lights out, Tommy. <laughs> I was like, lights uh, fucking so out. Cool. And the, the, the cool thing cool. about them doing scenes together is just how long they've known each other and the amount of work they've done together. And I, knowing that going into these scenes and knowing how much fun they must be having, just like oh, old friends yeah. getting back Which, together for the umpteenth time to play these larger than life characters. And I, Dana said it when we were watching it. She was like, how much do you think Tom Hardy plays around with with those lines? And I was like, probably a bunch, but especially with Killian Murphy, who he's known since they, forever. Yeah. Oh, I would yeah. say in that sense, like, it's par for the course because of how the characters are written. But goddamn, Alfie fucking just, I feel like he tries to steal every scene. And I'm like, can you give it to them, please? Can you let them <laughs> act too? Fucking no. Christ. Like, no. he just, I was like, yeah, they, of course he's just going to follow him. Of course he's going to follow him. Why wouldn't you follow him? <laughs> the The scene on the beach was my, was my favorite uh, between the two of them, both commanding their own scenes when he's like, look, stop talking, look at me. And they just have that moment. Uh, for me, it's Thomas and Paul and Alfie as my third, uh, just the three of them, anytime they're on scene, they're magnetic when they're on screen. I just can't, when I see them appear in a scene, I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's do this. Uh, <laughs> especially, especially the two, like when it's Tom and Paul or Tom and Alfie together, I'm just so excited. Like the, even that scene, that small, small scene with the big fuck small thing, when he goes, you're going to stick around for the fight. And he pulls up the glasses and goes, I know how to, and it's done. I, 
and then walks away. I'm just like, this whole scene is so good. Yeah. They're just the the the, the, the they know how amount of chemistry those three have together as actors uh really shines when yeah. they get the, the the breathing room. My honorable mention is Grace. Um mm. that uh Annabelle uh Wallace. Wallace, thank you. I was I was like Annabelle's creation. First, the, yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> uh, Annabelle Wallace. Uh, I think from the first season, being able to play that double agent, she just brings the same thing kind of Alfie brings to these scenes. It's just this yeah. moment of being like, okay, I can breathe for a sec. There's someone on screen who is rational to a, to a degree um, and wants wanted that. They had the same goal. Uh, although Tommy and her ideologies were different about how the world works, their goal in the end was to start a family and be happy. And yeah. it was such a nice breath of fresh air to see to see them kind of come to each other's levels to a degree where she ex- yeah. she accepts Tommy for who he is. Un- unlike the Linda and Arthur situation where Linda's like, change everything about yourself and I'll love you. She was just, to Tommy, was like, I don't need you to change anything about yourself. I just want to. I just want us to be happy. I want us to do what we need to do together to create a happy life. No secrets. Um, no secrets. No nothing. And it, she didn't judge him for anything he did. Um, you know, it's it, that whole scene about this is how I am when I'm scared. You haven't seen it, but I I know it. I can keep carrying on. And her just going, okay, yeah. I trust you with that. It's, and it was such a a wonderful juxtaposition between the two of them that and worked yeah, it like. For me, when, when she came back in season two, and I was like, this bitch. I was like, mm. and then she says, did I make a mistake? And then he says, no. I was like, oh, God, he's going to have, he's going to go for it. He's going to go. He's going to try to have a happy ending. And then <laughs> in season three, we're like, they're having issues. And you're like, don't you fucking do this to me. Don't you fucking make them conflicted for no goddamn reason. And then, mm-hmm. rest in peace, Um, it Dang. happens. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, he could have had it all. He could have had yeah. it all. Right, y'all. <laughs> uh, now we did all the favorite characters uh, at least what we can try to do with them now let's do any yeah, qualms should we have any I will start out real quick because this was actually kind of fun I have one because I was not looking for this and there are a few um, uh, on set goofs um, mm. and that I noticed just be, just like purely watching not even looking I was just like the fuck was that? And I go back. I'm like, oh shit, that's a. Uh, and so, season three, episode one, during Arthur's speech, <laughs> thought um, we weren't doing these things. Well, I'm just saying they're they're fun. They're not qualms. I'm just oh, like, okay. This is the, this gotcha. is the time to bring up that shit. Um, there's a boom on the wide angle. There's a boom that pops up, and I was like, <gasps> that's Oopsie. a boom. And then I was like, ah, I don't give a shit, because that's how I feel. I was like, oh, I don't give a shit. Um, I didn't even and see the it. Movies is yeah. hard. <laughs> and then in season five, uh, episode two. Uh, there's just not good continuity um, between hands and where cups are and stuff like that. Yeah, never even um, on cigarettes. And then and every scene a, is going to do the, that to you. It's not even the cigarettes are fine. It's 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 the it's the it's where a hand is here. Oh no, I'm just saying. Yeah, having. Uh, yeah, go ahead. And I was like having having like that's why it's like try not to play with things during in between dialogue scenes is hard. I feel um, like this is your way of being like, I don't really have qualms, but I did notice these teeny tiny moles. Well, like to me, it's kind of like, um, I, again, I don't Tough. look for these well, things, but then I, no. I see it because like, I've like, I don't want to say like I've made enough films, but it's like that shit fucking is the bane of my existence. And right. it's like, Tom's like so to wait, me on his set, to you. I was fiddling with a glass and he was like, 
don't do this to me. And I was like, oh, so sorry. And I was like, because then like, if, no you're, if you're dealing with it in one scene, then also not in the next coverage, I'm like, fuck. Um, I was like, good, yeah, good idea. Yeah, I won't um, mess with it. And so it, to me, I think that's so hard. And it's like, you know, some people are like, oh, well, the audio threw me off or blah, blah, threw me off. And I'm like, that's tough. Like, that's hard. You can't change that. You can't go back and be like, fucking redo the whole scene. Um, especially mm-hmm. if it's a dramatic scene, too, because it's like you don't want to put the actors through that shit. Um, <laughs> third, uh, again, these continuity things don't fucking matter to me. I'm just bringing it up now. Um, mm-hmm. There's a weird Fun thing facts, that baby. happens with Tommy taking the gun away from Abrahama Gold. Like, he takes it from him, and it's not, and they do, like, a jump cut. And so it's like, a jump cut pretty much is when they cut to another angle. It's supposed to be a 45-degree dis- difference. Um, oh. I think at minimum a 35 degrees, so it doesn't feel jarring, or, but it's just like, or boom. Or to a wide, but you don't do the other way around. It's from a, it's from a wide into a close, into the same angle. So I was like, it's tough. oh, why? And, and the, wow. there, you can do that for effect, um, especially like when Tommy's like rip-roaring drunk and like he's on his vacation. Like that's a perfect time to do jump cuts because it's like, it's supposed right. to be jarring. Um, but this is just like a normal sequence. But I will say an actual qualm I had, um, and it's not a qualm. It's more like, I don't give a shit. Um, it's more, um, I wasn't really too much of a fan of uh, the third season villain, uh, the the priest guy. I think the performance was great, oh, but it didn't feel like really? a true obstacle for Tommy. Um, mm-hmm. Like season one, like Kimber was like, don't fuck with my shit. I kill you. Uh, Sabini, Campbell. don't go on my tracks. I kill you. Two. Season four was uh, Luca. Luca, you killed my my dad. I kill you. And then season five was like rise of the of the fascist Nazi army, and it's like oh shit. And like I have like he's the foil of Tommy Shelby. Like the way he rose to power and what he has the ability to do is on par, if not better, than Tommy's. So like this is a true threat. Where like the priest was like he had some goons, and some reason we couldn't get to him because he was doing deals with with the Russians. And so the only reason he got into those deal with the Russians is because of this priest dude. So it felt like if we didn't have to deal with the Russians at all, this priest guy would be out in a second. And so Probably. for me, I was kind of like, uh. and so to me, in all honesty, I feel like so season three was much more of a development character season, um, hmm. which isn't a bad thing at all to me. If you don't have a, if you have a too good a villain and no one progresses, I would rather choose the weaker villain and everyone progresses. You know what I mean? So, Which um, they did a lot in that season. Yeah. So, I mean, in every season, they developed really well. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, with that, uh, yeah, season three kind of felt like a little, like, what's going to happen? Because to me, having Grace die was, like, big enough revelation of, like, yo, you have an entire season to deal with this now. Um, and then they're adding, like, now the deal with the Russians. And then now Linda. And then now, yeah. uh, you know. Well, and uh, having, I, the one thing I will say about that villain is targeting the only piece of family that he had left as far as, you know, Grace and Charlie mm-hmm. saying, you know, leaving the notes under Charlie's Kidnapping them all. Fucking a. Oh, man. Like, that was such a... So, hey, you want to get like, to the Charles, heart of Tommy Shelby. Yeah. Yeah, oh, with the, with the banquet when he gets kidnapped? He was in yeah, a car and he south, goes to like, Ada. Oh. He's like, where, where, where's Charlie? Where's Charlie? Where's Charlie? And then it's like, yeah. oh, fuck. That's how you get to the heart of Tommy Shelby is go after um, the thing I mean, he cares about most, which is family. If anything, season three was the most detrimental to Tommy. Like, fucking mm-hmm. his skull got cracked. And I was like, oh. oh. And he's got to wear those badass glasses, glasses for the yeah. rest of the season. I was like, my goodness. But yeah, so yeah, season three, I felt like had the quote unquote weakest villain. So if that's. He looked scarier awkward. in those glasses to me. Um, yeah. But other than that. Um, he's fucking meticulous. I don't think there's really much qualms to do. Like, uh, I think I read one review or one thing that was mad about, like, how Tommy Shelby can have sex to save the day. And I was like, 
that's kind oh, of like yeah. a very um, detractive, uh, reductive, and in- disingenuine kind of um, look at it um, when you understand where the characters are going and all that stuff. So, yeah, there's a, those are yeah, those. it's it's. I mean, they call like Ada calls him out on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, As to well, me, I'm like, it's like, oh, good, Tommy needs cocks gonna save the day. Uh, and it's it is it's interesting. I mean, I thought about the same thing, and then I I kind of went on this tangent of like. And yet we have a movie called Red Sparrow where that's the entirety. Well, I mean, it's not movie. even like Red Sparrow's like, you know, like I'm a spy and the way I fucking is induced, blah, blah, blah. Like to me, Tommy Shelby and like also his character, it's like debauchery is like a normal thing on the streets of uh, a small Birmingham, Heath. So, small Heath. So I'm like, yeah, why not? And then to me, like there's, I don't know. I think there's a little bit, of, I don't know. There, there is, there is definitely a conversation to be had about someone using their sex as poise, as a way to, seduce the opposition and i'm like i think it's fair game on both ends you know so that's just me i think it should be equally and I think it is a different represented. juxtaposition as to caitlin's valid point about afro samurai hmm. <laughs> where uh you know in afro oh, yeah. samurai he saves someone's life by having sex with them and it's a tool he's using in peaky blinders to manipulate someone which is a very very real thing in real life yeah uh, unfortunately, there's no such thing as dick too. Yeah, bomb. I mean, he, I, I, it's a very beautiful. I man. <laughs> agree that it's reductive in the fact that like they they set you up for the emotional manipulation. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just he's having sex with people. Like with Jesse Eden specifically, he they set it up that like oh yeah. He knows she's lonely. He knows that she well, likes music. And they talked about he like a childhood friend. He knows that she friend. wants to drink something nicer than beer. It's a lot of aspects. Like, yeah. And he, yeah, he wine and dined her. It's more than just that. Where like Mosley is, is not. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mosley's not. Mosley is just like pure power trip. That is, that's and yeah, I, true power. And I think power. because they have that, it's a good like juxtaposition of like Mosley uses his his dick to like Dominate. assert his power and Tommy uses him, his to manipulate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is a there is a difference there. Um, yeah, because yeah. he feigns love as well. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah. Tommy also uses. You're right. It's an it's an entirety. It's entire mind fuck of everything. It's emotional. It's physical. It's well, and that's that's why I felt so bad for Lizzie for so long. I was like, you have this emotional manipulator. Um, well, I feel bad for Jesse too. Yeah. No, but, I'm just I'm I'm I've, throwing onto the the pile as oh, well. It's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, there's like there's a trail of bodies Arthur. there. Linda it's, uses it's it against awful. Arthur. You could buy a yeah. whole car with that yeah. body count, baby. So. Yeah. But uh, was someone done with her qualms? May I? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Take up the mantle. Uh, so my qualms were um, the I was actually a little bothered by um, while the women are very strong in this, I felt like they could have done more. There was a time where Polly was talking to the painter and was like, I shot a copper once. And I was like, is that what? Is that it? I feel like Polly's murdered like twenty people, but we just never got to it. Mm. <laughs> and and I know that that uh, it, it was kind of going more from the you know they came from war and they've already killed a lot of people in the war and then they're coming here and they're killing a lot of people. But like, Paul came from a really rough background too of like hunting and killing. And I away. feel like, huh? With her kids getting taken away too. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I feel like when the, when they when they talked about how she's like dangerous, I feel like they didn't give her enough ammunition. I feel like she had they 
they kind of didn't explore that avenue of giving more danger to the women in this show. Sure. Yeah. The, I mean, I, with, I, Paul, I with Paul talking with the uh, the interview with Cillian, Killian Murphy and uh, Stephen Knight, um, with Paul and Tommy, Tommy and Paul, uh, Paul, uh, in comparison to the rest of their army, do a very small amount of the legwork Killing, in that sense, right? Because right, they're intelligent. Right. So, from from my aspect, when it's talked about how dangerous Paul is, I always thought it was from a strategic standpoint. Like she will, she definitely will is. Thank like you every to, single time, and that plays through with yeah. Finn too, because they tell him like, "You're not that guy. You're not the gunman. Like you're a general, mm-hmm. so you don't do that stuff." Um, right. But, but I would say also... to, to that point where it's like they could have yeah. given them more things to do. Like they're. I get that point. I don't necessarily feel like, and maybe this is me and I'm having to process my own like prejudices and all stuff for like um, women who are cunning and haven't like killed with their own hands to me feel more dangerous than men who just brutalize people. You know what I mean? Where like they can kill you with their mind and they can get people to do things for them instead of like having to go out there and kill people. Mm -hmm. Right. But uh, for me, specifically for Polly, I think Mm -hmm. that's, that's where the, the basis of my qualm lies. Cause when Mm -hmm. I look at Grace, no, it was important for her to, to be, be scared of like not using a gun, anything like that. Ada was specifically kept away from any of the violent stuff. More of the political Esme archivist. was just like, you know, she had grown up in the wild, so she was just like a wild character. But specifically for Polly, who had had so many like, so many run-ins with people, I just, I don't see how she couldn't have, in a way. Killed somebody? Killed more people than one person. Because uh, like, Tommy's strategic too, but he's killed a lot of people. Yeah, sure. So I like I, it's not a huge qualm. Like it didn't break yeah, yeah. anything for me. I'm it just, just no, 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 like, I'm not. I'm not trying to argue it either. I'm just trying to figure out also why why there wasn't. I'm, I'm also trying, trying to, to argue think of like it. if you were a painter and someone said that yeah I'm from a Romani poverty I killed a couple of people or if it's this luxurious woman who says I've killed cops what sounds more dangerous to you? Well, and then I get that. I think it's more of just a. Um, it just felt sort of a deflated moment to me sure. from how yeah. powerful she feels the rest of the time was like, Oh, this is going to be the thing that's impressive. I feel like there's, there's more power to her than I've killed the cop. Yeah. once. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And that was is, is it, like you talk about the whole moment. show or just that specific moment, just that specific moment. So Cause three, I, in that moment, you have to remember she's allowing someone to fall in love with her for yeah. the first time in she's 20 very years. Vulnerable at that point. So for her, she's awkward as hell. Yeah. I get it. It's, but but it's still just like she's picking the most scary, dangerous thing she can think of. And it's, you know, I killed a cop. It just didn't. It it, it was like a the, like the pin in the balloon deflated. I mean, like, that's what she, you picked? But that's also what she, we've seen as the audience. So it had the most said, effect also. She could have said, I kill younglings. And look how that well that went. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> younglings. But, but anyway, that's my qualm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, one no. of my qualms. Um. Oh, I think gosh. they definitely could have played with that more. Yeah, I, they, they just, the, it the just series. felt like there was yeah. some there was some meat there. They that, could have said like uh, what she did when all the boys went to, to war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, some, for, sure. some, another- some more past in that line that would make her a little more robust. You have another in qualm? some way um, for that scene. Ah, and now ah, oh, the painter. Yeah, the painter. He just poofed from existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that bothered I mean, me a lot. I mean, she did fucking threaten his life, and then like maniacally almost rip his head off kissing him while he looked at this terrifying 
portrait that he did of her destroyed. Bah. And Whatever. to me, that's, that's why I'm like, like Abraham Gold was definitely the guy doctor. for her because he could handle that shit. Was the guy for her. Didn't they all hey. go to jail for a while too? Uh, For like a month that's right true. after that. So I think he probably was like, peace. Yeah, I that's can't fair. handle this. They or Tommy pushed him out. We didn't see. Time. But I think just for when he yeah, comes back. Yeah. And then she like went a, crazy. And so. I think I just wanted, uh, I wanted some kind of finality with it of like, because there was also like, maybe he's a traitor. Maybe he was giving information to his friends over the newspaper. We, like, Yeah, but we found out he wasn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and also I think in a sense for Paulie's character, and I would, I, this is this is fun. To, I get to say he's kind of an accessory. Where like, oh yeah, no, um, he definitely was. You're we're, like Abrama and and Polly, It's like Abrama, you're kind of now an accessory to Polly. So it's like mm-hmm. whoever's going to be a better fit for Polly is who I really care about. And at that point, it's like Polly, you could do better than that. And then so to yeah. me, Abrama was like someone that like gave a fuck about who she was and knows where she comes from. And also still in love with her. And it's like, it's humble as fuck about it. He's like, I know I'm nothing, but I have everything to give you. I'm like, this man, this man. Oh, this man. How cool does he fucking look in the fifth season? With the hat? (laughs) He gets all cleaned up. And the mustache and everything. Yeah. Oh, man. When when, uh, they come into the gin distillery and uh, Alfie's like, when a man walks in, when an Irishman walks in with that haircut, (laughs) You know something's up. Can't trust him. <laughs> Who the fuck is he? Who the fuck am I? Who the fuck is he? Um, they, uh, other qualms, anyone? I have one, but Josh? Uh, I only have one. Um, season six and seven aren't out. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, um, that's, that's a no, good qualm. My only qualm is... It is a pretty good qualm. Uh, season five, to me... And it doesn't again. It doesn't ruin my experience of it. Uh, season five to me felt scattered a bit, in terms of mm. one through four mm. were a bit focused in terms of like who the bad guy was, who the conflict was. Whereas who the bad for, guy? Who the bad guy? <laughs> season five, it was like okay, you've got Billy's boys and you've got Mosley, and and so it was just for me, it was like okay, who's it was who the bad guy? Billy boys and Mosley are <laughs> one and the same. Cool. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it just, it, that's what it felt like. It didn't ruin my experience of it. It was just a moment where okay. I went, who the bad guy? Who the bad guy? <laughs> so, cool. But otherwise, I don't Yeah, I think like, the way you felt about five is how I felt a little about three. Oh, yeah? Where mm. I was like, who the conflict? <laughs> who the conflict? Who the conflict? Um, but, no. but yeah, I mean, otherwise, I... It's strange when I don't notice the things like everybody's noticing. I'm like, I didn't notice that. Well, it's not it's, it's not that you notice. It may not just affect you at all. Yeah. Like, to me, yeah. if I see something like a boom mic, I'm like, it doesn't affect me, but I fucking notice it. So, obviously, it's having some effect. Like that, Caitlin. Good job. All right. Sorry. Hi. Hello. Uh, Corey, what's your one qualm? Not, a lot, not enough episodes? Uh, no, COVID. Oh. Oh. That season six, six hasn't showed up yet. COVID. COVID ruined it. Um, that's it. Huh? <laughs> Sound? Wow. Okay. So it's not even to do with the show. It's yeah, no, I don't. I honestly like, here's the thing. I, before I even saw that article about it being rated the best show of the decade, I, I thought that this is, like I yeah. said, this is the best show I've ever seen. And to, uh, fault it for this again, this is my own personal opinion, fault it for things of shortcomings in, in, a scene here or there for me 
would be to take away from what I think they've achieved with this mm. show, which is really impressive for for really, you know, this band of of misfits who have come together to create something really, really remarkable that was really uh, outskirty at first. Um, yeah. And they just kind of stuck with it and believed in what they were doing. And it has become... And it's consistently really well. Really it's good. consistently really, really good. And everyone in it has just has just performed in a way at every level from from the set design to the costumes to the acting camera, to the writing lighting, to the camera work to effects. the music like has just gone beyond what I've seen in this format before and mm. to that I I I I got to give it no Whoa. no qualms. question I mean, the, the uh, other oh well, I was just going to say cuz Bonnie and I we've watched a lot of British like television shows and yeah. British television shows don't often go for very long um, so like when we saw it, when we were talking about earlier of that season two, big, holy shit moment, you're like, well, it was a BBC show where you're like, well, this might actually be the end. So I'm like, I'm excited that it has gone on this long and yeah. it continues to like, if you look at the viewership of the show and to see it progressively go so far up, it's so nice because people are seeing that it is so good. And and there, there is that sense of like I feel bad because I'll compare two BBC shows and also worldwide phenomena like you know Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, where it's like in each season of Peaky Blinders, like you can remember what was kind of the premise and point of the season. Like okay, that is when this happened. This season that happened. This season this happened. Like he gets a house. He has to go back to Small Heath. Like he gets married. He doesn't get married. Like things like that. Like are so like highlighted in such a very consistent and and well thought out way. Where like, other shows where it's like. So did he die in this season or that one? Is she dead by this point or that one? Did that wedding happen <laughs> here? Did they get to that city yet? I don't know. And then so like, yeah, it, it's um, yeah, it's it. I, and we I think flashback to our Watchmen episode where we talked about the HBO show. Like you were very stubborn about like, you know, this is a really fucking great show, but it's not my favorite, not the best show I've seen. And for me, Watchmen will be that one. But then for, yeah, but he blinders like if. Watchmen season two were to happen. I don't know if they could do what they did for season one for Watchmen for five seasons where Peaky right. Blinders is mm. doing it really well for five seasons. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why it's like uh, uh, my, my qualm that I bring up, maybe I, I obviously I missed a, a tidbit that didn't sink in, in terms of who's with who and all that kind of stuff. But it's not, it's a show that I, I look through and I watch and it's the experience of it that I'm just like enthralled. Mm-hmm. From every minute of it where you're like where it's almost like that thing like maybe it's a missed tidbit that i miss about the story it doesn't ruin it for me yeah yeah it's like me bringing up all the the boom shot and all that crap like and like also another stupid qualm would be like i could use a little bit more red right hand in the opening Dude, all me. the different covers. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But like, oh, man. I, the to use me, of that song. There, there was a, a really like wonderful, you know that moment when you start getting into the groove of watching a show and then like it starts feeling like your, your daily nightcap or whatever. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. There was that very wonderful familiarity that I got where it's like, here's the opening shot. And then right when something happens, you hear the ding and then you see the Peaky Blinders thing. I was like, I also feels good. respect feels a show good. that has no problem waiting for their title page to come in to 12 to 15 minutes into their hour long. Yeah. <laughs> series too and yeah. just be like sometimes it would pop up and i was like we didn't do this yet there's all establishing the right for this moment. episode there's a lot of shows uh, that I, I i like that do that i'm like oh my god you're also, just we're not even ready <laughs> shout out to their use of 
Black Sabbath's War Pigs. Like mm-hmm. that was oh. <laughs> a, one of my favorite songs to put. And when that st- started off, I was like, oh, fuck. some shit's about to yeah. get real. It's about to get crazy. This is not a song you use lightly. This is not a dialogue you know, scene right here. <laughs> um, anyway, cool. so five stars. <laughs> <laughs> it's not done. Um, five, yeah. five blinders out of blinders. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're not, yeah, it's not <sighs> done hats. yet. So we're not going to rate it. Um, and uh, yeah, that's been that's been pretty much uh, how we do a show that's con- uh, that's ongoing. Yeah, um, other shows we've done so oh, have we been like Johnny Dogs. Can we uh, just appreciate Johnny Dogs? I was gonna we appreciate I, the entire show and all of the characters because of just, how well fleshed out I they wanna, are. Because we love them so I, my much. My wife and I were talking about Johnny Dogs and just how wonderful it is to have a character that's just like just there for it, whatever it is. I, he's just like, all right, Tom, let's do it. Well, when <laughs> Abraham Gold accused him, I was like. This motherfucker's gonna go. I know. Damn. Oh, in that line too, where Tommy's like, "Out of all the people in all the world, yeah. you're the only one I can I trust, trust, Johnny." Yeah, because he he's never failed and he's never went against him ever. And so I'm like, no matter what he that's said, cool. That's what's up. Yeah, and and that's that's tough to find in that kind of show. Um, yeah, but yeah, other shows that we've done episodes like this were like Stranger Things, Rick and Morty. Is that it? <laughs> Mindhunter. Oh, we didn't rate because we thought it was gonna keep going, and then. And then life happened. Inside. Then it got oh, my hunter, my hero, academia. Yeah, there's a, a there's a few things. shows that we've yeah. done that. So everyone, this isn't brand new. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't have anything else. Anyone else was seeing anything? <laughs> Peaky fucking blinders. Everybody Let's, at home. I feel like we could talk about it for a very long time. Yeah, like, please message us on the Discord. I want to talk about it so much more. <laughs> this is Corey's formal request for you to reach out to us. Please tell us about it. Please By the order of the, the fucking peaky nerdies. <laughs> what what spoke to you as a viewer? What what character resonated with you the most as you were watching? Do through? you think that Thomas Shelby's gin will be the cure for uh, incounsible uh, sorrow and, and sadness? Maybe. <laughs> that was like on Probably his label and sweet, I thought about yeah. that. Yeah. Like, That's kind of interesting. I, I feel like there's for sure like a, you could buy that. You know, you could like buy the Game of Thrones booze and stuff like that, but you could buy like the yeah. Thomas Shelby gin. I don't know, it's probably <laughs> um, The but, name of the gin was great, too. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, everybody at home, thank you so much for listening. Uh, do stop by, rate, and review us wherever you listen. If you are new to NerdOn, check out our website, nerdon.tv. It has all the information. Our socials, I realize that we never talk about our socials, but it's NerdOn TV okay. on everything. Uh, check us out, stop Nerd by, follow, everything. all that good stuff. Uh, keep up uh, but yeah check out the discord uh, it's a really great community that keeps growing every week um, from talking about gardening to food to comic books it's the the gamut is wide and we would love to have you a part of that do consider joining the nerd on nation because it does allow us to keep on growing and be the best that we can be and you get secrets secrets but uh yeah that has been the episode we love you all stay safe you know the drill as always nerd on Indie Broadcast.